0: Hello, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whatever time you are listening. Welcome back to season four, episode five of the Black Women Working Podcast. It's Chantelle here. How are you guys? Hi, hi, hi. Hello, good thank you. (laughs) Good. We've got Natalie uh, Tolu and special guest Antoinette today who will introduce herself shortly. We haven't got Rach because she's sick. And you know, as Black Women Working, we say, listen to your body Mm -hmm. if you're not well. Stay at home. So, well, that's where we all are anyway. I mean. (laughs) (laughs) But I'm missing Rachel today. Mm. Um, Today, we are joined by Antoinette, who is half of the working partnership Bricks with Tips. And I think you can guess on that matter, we will be talking all things property. So hi, Antoinette. Did you want to introduce yourself?
1: hi guys hi (laughs) how are you all good thank Um, you good 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 yeah so i'm antoinette um co-founder of bricks with tips a property platform that i created with um my husband so we're on instagram twitter youtube and we're all about talking property how to climb the property ladder what to do when you're there in terms of buying more pre- property and building a portfolio and um, my husband and I have a portfolio of about to be five properties now and um, wow. yeah we're just all wow. here just to give of <laughs> we're all we're here to um, you know just help help the masses help our fellow brothers and sisters you know do it as well so that's what that's what we're about. Nice. Um, I mean it's not
0: what we're necessarily going to talk about, but just in terms of the work you do. Were you and your husband or either of you in property before or has this become your main game? Do you have another job? I'm yeah, nervous. so
1: we both we both <laughs> work <laughs> we both work full time. So I'm a full time accountant. Mm-hmm. and um, my husband is in banking financial services but before he went into banking he was actually a mortgage advisor so that's yeah. where he gets a lot of his jargon and knowledge he knows the actual nitty-gritty technical process of buying properties and things like that because he was actually um in it, it himself and okay. for me I think my I'm an expert by experience only to be honest where he's actually got the technical knowledge so us coming together we've got the good balance of you know really understanding how the market works and just you know how understanding how it works through going through the process Mm. nice
0: thanks so we haven't done this for a little while um, on well at least for this season but i'm just going to throw in some statistics and some information <laughs> as to like the relevance of talking about property because obviously we know black women working is not a it's not a, it's not a, a model or a platform for finance but um in thinking about the work that we've done over the last three seasons and season 4 so far um I feel like we've definitely lended ourselves towards improving the financial literacy of black women working in order for us to leave financial legacies.
2: Mm-hmm. So
0: we live in a society, and I think part of our ethos is about, and we've it's becoming more and more clear, like we're not just about secure the bag, you've got to protect mm-hmm. the bag, whether it's about mm-hmm. insurance, and then we've got to grow the bag and leave the bag, you know? So I guess the idea of property was about how how we are using and investing our money. And we live in a society where cash isn't the thing and our money is locked in the land. And so property is one of the the prime ways. Um, at, this is a quote actually from the Runnymede Foundation. That is one of the prime ways to accrue wealth and wealth and having wealth will allow you to breed different opportunities. Um, personally i um i read rich dad poor dad whilst i was at uni quite young and for a long time i held off from buying a house because um the author speaks about financial burdens and basically says you know everybody's rushing to buy a house but if it limits your freedom um and you're sort of like earning a living rather than oh you're living to earn rather than earning a living then is it is it as fruitful as you think it was so i held off and we're going to talk about our experiences in home ownership as well later but i held off for a while um and i guess like Part of my holding off was also that we're not living in the same time and generation as our parents who and our grandparents who might have been able to make very cheap investments. I mean, my grandma's house was bought for, like, I think she said her deposit was £350.
3: Her house wow. was worth twenty grand. at What the year time. was that? Tell me 1800. Do you know what? 86. 86, oh,
0: God. bruh. 86. Wow. And her house is now worth you know going on to half a mil that same house so in terms of black women working we won't get to talk about all of these stats and I feel like there's definitely room for another episode on property based on these stats but I'm just gonna paint a little picture for you and do feel free to cut in and interject just a few stats so a recent article from the Telegraph reported that just 21% of black Africans so not black full stop or black Caribbean, black African homes are owned in comparison to 60% um, of white people and 58% of Asian people. So even when we compare ourselves to other um, BAME groups, we are the lowest in home ownership. Mm -mm. Home ownership has um, been falling over the last 10 to 15 years, largely based on the recession. But again, We, as black people, have um, had the largest fall and we've gone from um, uh, the gap in terms of the reduction in people buying houses went from 39% in 2001 to 29% in 2016. um, And we have quite a large proportion, 48% living in social housing. (coughs) For those who are private renting, so if you neither have a mortgage or you neither have social housing, We also face discrimination when renting, so there's anecdotal stories about people, um, black people not being shown properties, being exempt for things like don't allow, I saw a quote, like don't allow um, (coughs) black or Africans to rent because they cook smelly food. (laughs) Mm. Um, And ultimately like the problem with this is that housing is another way for us to see the symptoms and causes of poverty in our society. Um, And I can't see, and I'm hoping Antoinette will share her her gems because I can't see a very clear way out of it being that um, as black people, we are half the age of um, our white white counterparts living um, in the city So most white people uh, average at an age of about 40 something, whereas our average age as a black community is 20 something. So I feel like that's going to affect home ownership in the city which we live, London our city anyway. And then getting closer to like the link to work, living in the city where house prices have gone up by 76% over the last 10 years, income obviously becomes a problem in looking at how can i afford the houses that i want to live in um our income fails to keep up with the income of white households where they earn more and bme black community the black community often have a higher proportion of people in precarious work as described by the tuc so even and by precarious work they mean like zero hour contracts or Mm -hmm. um irregular or irregular patterns and even if you can prove that you have a good enough earning and a good enough deposit the financial market at the moment is saying you know well if you can't prove that it's regular then you may not be accepted Antoinette can comment on that later so some of this research let, has has made me think about like what are we going to talk about for this podcast and maybe where will future conversations go and I feel like there's definitely something around obviously getting onto the property ladder Um, I feel like there's a conversation for a group of black women working who are self-employed as we see entrepreneurship growing and looking at how difficult it might be to be on the ladder with an irregular salary and then what it looks like maybe to drive our work into property as in like literally the work that you do and more importantly what that means for building you know more sustainable communities and societies because if we own it we can claim it and we're here if you're not and we're going further afield we'll see you know just so many more divisions amongst us and together we're stronger so I hope that creates a picture for why we're here talking about property today. Did
3: anyone <laughs> want to share before I go on? It's a lot of information to a process. Lot of information. Yeah, yeah,
1: definitely a lot of information. And the stats were very interesting, especially um, the race part. And what's quite <coughs> interesting is that um, growing up and how I was raised and stuff, being raised by African parents that weren't brought up here but invested here it was you know one of the key things that my dad always used to say to me was that white people have an advantage because of the length of time that they've been here Mm -hmm. it's not because they've got anything special it's not because I mean obviously if you take out the racial issues that we do face in the society but it's not because they've got anything extra or special to give. It's just because they've been here longer, you know. So when I was working, I remember I was I used to work um one of my old jobs and um I had a white colleague who casually just said, Oh, um, my parents um remortgaged to pay for my wedding casually, yeah. you yeah. know. And they and I feel like the advantage that white people have in society over us white women white men is land you know you always hear somebody or at least someone say oh a grandfather or a grandmother or a great great grandmother had land so they've been Mm. able to acquire this and do this and do that and for me that is the only difference that i personally think i have against the white women you know they're not anything more special than me it's just because they have that generational wealth under their belt in this country you know we are probably I mean my 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 dad wasn't born here my mum was born here so I would say I'm first slash second but they've got generations and generations and generations of land and land and land Mm -hmm. and land and land and that's that's where a lot of people's wealth come from Mm -hmm. you know like you said your 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 grandmother bought her deposit was 350 pounds her property is probably valued at about half a million now yeah if she lives in around London so if you can imagine if you had two sets of grandparents or three sets or Mm -hmm. generations before that that were able to do that that were able to invest 10 pounds and have grandchildren be able to take out millions from that that's what sets us apart from our other racial counterparts do you know what i mean so it's it's Mm -hmm. it's it's about you know it's and it's quite interesting that you know one of the questions was why why is that and i feel like there's a lot of scaremongering about Mm -hmm. buying property is it a debt or is it an asset Mm -hmm. you know there's a lot of conversations that we've faced um on our platform as to Oh, you buying a property? You're just in hundreds of thousands of pounds of debt that you owe to the bank, and it's not really an F asset. Yeah. And you know, it's 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 true to an extent. You it's like anything. You know, you take out a mobile phone. Mm. If you're not going to pay 900 pounds for a mobile phone, you're going to end up paying 50 pounds a month. Are you going to see yourself as being in debt because you're paying 50 pounds mm-hmm. a month mm-hmm. to um, EE or whatever? It's as much. It's 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 how you want to think of it, and I feel like, like I said, the our white counterparts have had generations of being in this game of property, and that's what mm. sets us apart from them. That's why it's easy for a lot of them to say, oh, I'm just gonna get from my grandma, or I'm just gonna get from this, or I'm just Good. gonna, or <laughs> this person gave He's me there. this, this person gave me that. You know, I've just had a daughter and one of the things that i said to my husband was you know we don't have to now live in this struggle story you know we don't Mm -hmm. have to our my daughter doesn't have to say oh i slaved 100 hours Mm -hmm. a week and did this and did that and did that i want her story to be do you know what my parents were able to do this that's it so i'm able to do this now you Mm -hmm. know and uh you can get that from a nine to five if you really want to work your ass off but (laughs) for me the motto is let's work smart instead of working hard Mm -hmm. you know and if the person if the if an average if the average person wants to see that as you know racking up hundreds and thousands of pounds of debt then so be it but if that means in 20 30 years time i'm able to say to my daughter do you know what this is what if this is what you want to do I'm in the position to support you, then go and do it. And I right. can do that by pulling out equity and, out of my house.
0: And I think this is where, I think this is where like work, like the work that you do is really valuable and really important and understand how we maneuver through property. Because from my perspective, I think our grandparents and our mm-hmm. parents got it wrong in stopping at I own a home and not realizing yeah, that actually, like I always say, you know, if my dad has written me into his will in terms of his home, it's likely Mm. that his grandchildren will get that because I already Mm. own a home and God willing, he may live another 30 years. So my son will be 30 and probably be a homeowner. So to buy a house to say it's for your children, actually, that is not enough. Um, We need to look at how we play the game. So I'm going to get into it Mm -hmm. and get to the scenario. So we're kind of pitching this season against like typical uh, problem pain points that our listeners might say and unpick from there. So the scenario for today's episode is I earn and there's some of these things Antoinette that I'm I'm putting in sort of inverted commas and you can unpick um, okay. what we mean by and what is okay by or what we should be considering when we look at property. So I earn okay. a reasonable salary and i have some savings i think i'm ready to buy a house i have no idea where to start and i get lost in the jargon right so i think that like single women single working women they're thinking about their futures they're thinking about you know Possibly not buying a flat because they know they may want to start a family at some point And they want mm-hmm. to start with something that allows for that room But before I, I allow you to get into this, situ, into this scenario I'm just going to do a little this or that So let's oh just see God. where everybody's at in this home ownership game So um, I'm going to give a few points And you literally have to choose which one it is This or that property addition So in London or out of London Natalie In London Toes? Outside. Ooh. Antoine?
2: Outside. Ooh. <gasps> you like don't know what you're missing, mate. <laughs> I,
3: have my re- I have my reasons.
0: <laughs> I'm London. I'm London. Although um I'll get to some other things later. Mm-hmm. Um all right, five percent deposit or ten percent deposit. Antoine? Ooh. Oh God.
1: if I had the ten percent, I'll put down ten percent. Okay. Tolls.
0: Ten percent. Nats? 20%. No! <laughs> that was the emotion. money is big! The money Love is long! <laughs> Let me settle here with my 5%. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> um, buy with someone or buy on your own? Tolls With someone. Nat? On my own. Natalie? Um, Antoinette? With someone. I have bought with someone. I am open to buying on my own also. Before this point and maybe after.
3: <laughs> go, go.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, okay, shared ownership or owning outright? Natalie?
2: I don't mind, actually. I know that defeats the point of the game, but I don't mind and I can explain that. Play the game. <laughs> I, I can't give you because if I have an opportunity to do shared ownership, I might or might not do it. It just depends on the facts. Okay. I've been you a pagan. Show, you can share your share experiences in property after,
0: after
1: Antoinette talks. Antoinette? Um, gosh, am I not going to play the game properly as well? I think. See, it's not just me, guys. Huh? It's, it's, this is a tough one because it's, it's what you can do at that moment of time, which mm-hmm. defeats the whole purpose of the, of the game. But um, if I could buy on my own, I would buy on my own. But if I really wanted to get on the property ladder at that moment of time, I would, consider taking shared ownership if I wasn't able to do it on my own. Okay. Tolls.
3: The non-shared ownership option. I can't remember what you called oh, right. it. Outright. Okay. Yeah. Um,
0: I went for shared ownership. I'm very much against it, but circumstance. I went for that. Mm. And um, last one: property to live in or buy to let. Antoinette.
2: Oh, Antoinette. Oh. <laughs> the property <laughs> mogul <Mughal> says. <laughs>
1: Um, start off by buying property to live in, okay Toss.
3: yeah, sorry, I'll be the rebel here. I'll say both. <laughs> it depends on the circumstances and time hey. <laughs>
2: okay now um, if I had to do one thing first, it would be mm-hmm. property to 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 let buy to okay. and
0: I'm very much, I, I have a property to live in, but I'm very much for buy to let. Okay. So you've got some of our positioning and Antoinette, I, I know these either ors, you're very, very aware of them, but they might help in engaging th- in where the conversation goes based on the scenario. So, yeah. I earn a reasonable salary. I have some savings. I think I'm ready to buy a house. I don't know where to start and I get lost in jargon. What do you say? Someone messages you that. What do you say? Where do we start? What
3: do you say? We. That's a hard one.
1: (laughs) I think we start off by assessing what your salary is, what your salary can get you. The lender rate is about four to four point five times your salary Mm -hmm. and um, your savings. What are your savings? I think you. starting point has to be money what can you afford because you can't look at location you can't look at how many bedrooms you want without knowing how much you can actually afford so that's where we're gonna start and then from there it's about being realistic with yourself you know if you i think the average salary in london is about 35 36k Mm -hmm. so if we go based on the average salary so if you're um, getting, if Why you're laughing? getting,
0: because what can you buy for four times that? Please, at we
3: get that
1: 150k <laughs> or something. Mm. So if your aspirations are to live in London, let's be realistic. You, unless you've got a mm. 300k deposit, you are not. Mm-hmm going to really get what you're looking for in London so you need to start off with weighing up your options based on your salary and your deposit and from there just be honest with yourself and say you know am I am I gonna stick to my guns and buy where I want to buy if that's in your you know where your parents live in London or just outside London or is your goal to get on the property ladder and then take it from there because i think another thing that people get is another misconception is once you buy a property you're not you're not stuck in that place you know you're not it's called a property ladder for a reason because you can Mm. climb and you can go to wherever you want to go with it you know you're not you're not fixed at that house you're not fixed at that interest rate you're not even fixed with that particular lender do you know what i mean you can Mm -hmm. you can explore your options after you are on the ladder and the economy cycle is you know house prices go up house prices go down based on what is going on in the world at the moment and it always varies i mean from even being in this corona pandemic um, a lot of people were surprised that house prices didn't actually fall mm. and that's because there were a lot of artificial indicators in the time where it would have been expected for house prices to fall. So you're all you're in a cycle you know so somebody that would have maybe needed to pull out equity from their property during this time would have been it would have been a great time for them to do it because house prices did go up a bit you know and it would have been a struggle for someone who did want to get onto the property ladder but that's just an example to say that you are not stuck you know if Mm. you need to buy a property in Kent, Essex, the Midlands somewhere just to get on the ladder to bring you back into London Mm. that that is an option that's something that we did I was so against moving out um, to Kent and buying in Kent but I live in southeast London now Mm. and that was not an option for us when we started buying five years ago. It Mm -hmm. was not an option, but because of the ladder and how the property market works, we were able to get ourselves back into London. So bringing it back to the scenario, um, assess what you can afford and where you want to live. If where you want to live is important to you, Mm -hmm. then speak to a broker, speak to someone who has you know, speak to a broker, mortgage advisor, someone who can give you real technical advice of what you can do with your salary and your deposit and what you may need to do to get to where you want to be, whether that's, you know, um, saving a bit more, whether that's if you're going to be in a position where you're changing jobs, negotiate your pay, you know, the um, I was in a chat a few weeks ago when someone said they were able to negotiate 25k more because they said they were planning on buying a property and having children, you know. Swear down. Yeah. In this
2: UK. Okay. Yeah yeah well i'm happy so, i'm gonna try that I'm happy. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what i
3: mean i mean if you don't ask you you don't if get if you don't so. ask
2: you don't
1: get you don't ask you don't get and mm-hmm. a lot of the time this is probably a conversation for another time but you know these companies have budgets and what they advertise jobs for is not their final number mm-hmm. so throwing in that you want to buy a house throwing in that that that's your aspiration they, the you never low, know you, exactly you know? exactly I love exactly that. um so yeah start with where where and where you want to buy location 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 that is everything that's one of the top 3 things to consider when when buying a property and can, um can, can i ask on the topic sorry, of God. location like sorry to cut you there but no, just okay. like
0: being that you said you're a, you were from were you from south london or you're now living in south no, london no okay.
1: so so i actually grew up in hertfordshire so okay. i was yeah i grew up in um in just outside suburbs. north london yeah mm. in cuffley um so i was yeah i was from enfield and then my parents bought outside um london so i came from hertfordshire okay. and Tyle was on the other side so he grew up in um bromley
0: oh okay Which yeah. is still, i'm sorry that is still suburbs it is. It's yeah, not London. They like to beg it, but it's thanks. not. It's I mean, summer. I, I ask the question because for people who feel really tied to and I think I think that's an important point to mention in that both you and your partner were quite used to living in the suburbs, to some to some extent, even mm-hmm. though it wasn't necessarily the furthest, i probably you'd probably refer to it as the inner suburbs, as opposed mm. to like our urban-rural fringe. But um, I ask that because I I have a, a very tight relationship with being an East Londoner, potentially Southeast if I look broader to my family. I'm, I'm totally in love with my community by way of like being mm. able to pop to the market and the hair shop. Mm. Um, when I think about my children and my community and my support network, like all of these things were important, fine. Yeah. If I'm thinking about like looking at how I maneuver my money as a working black woman and make the decision to buy out of London, like, is it worth it when we weigh up things like the commute and the cost of the commute? Um, is that personal, or do you have any insights on that?
1: I think it's I think it's definitely personal. Um, I think um, yes, yeah, definitely personal, depending on where you are at this stage of your life. So, for example, after when I decided when we decided we wanted to have children, being close to a set of parents was important to us, hence why we moved to South London. Um, But the, I mean, if you're going to, if you're going to, if it's going to be cheaper for you to live outside London and the travel costs are something that you can afford, then I think you have a win-win there. However, if it's going to be an extra £400 for you to commute into central London because that's where you work, then I think, is it worth you know paying that extra in travel or should I save more and do what I can to be closer to London do you get what I mean I think I think it's just all it's just all personal um to be honest and when we were out in Kent it was you know we Mm. newly married young we can be away from wherever we're not too too far from South London but then like I said once we decided we wanted to have children there was no way I thought I could raise my daughter out there by myself you know yeah. so we had to rethink our, our positioning but it's, 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 it's pros and cons you know it's opportunity cost you're going to win somewhere and you're going to lose some, somewhere else unless you just have the money to do it all. It's true I
0: mean what I love about um the the black women working team is that we're actually so different we're all in different careers and we're all at different points in terms of career and life even so -hmm. um just as we talk about you know this scenario and Antoinette you're sharing you know some of your insights on the things that you had to consider um Nats I know that you're a a homeowner and I'm not going to share more than that. I'll leave it to you what you decide to share. <laughs> Why are you making um, it
2: seem like I'm one top capitalist? What are you did I say no. that? Did I say <laughs> that? Did Did anybody
0: hear <laughs> me say that? <laughs> oh, <laughs> um, tolls I'm presume assuming I think I'm right in my assumption that you're at the beginning of this journey, so making very your considerations, much considerations, <laughs> making the considerations, mm-hmm. and I myself am two years into owning a property, so. Um, I don't know, Tolls, Nats, do you want to share like some of the things that are important to you, some of the things that you've been stuck on?
3: Mm. Um, I think for me, I was previously of your kind of mindset, Chantel, which is um, London is where it's at and community is very important. And those things are still very much important and integral to me. But as Antoinette was saying, it's about the cost-benefit now I'm thinking a bit more flexibly just because of the way the market is and um, how much it costs to buy a house in London now Mm. for sure I could still aim for buying a house in London but I what I'm looking at now is okay if I want to do that then how long will it take me and I'm looking at us someone right now who is single and looking to buy by myself Mm. potentially Mm. in the future I could buy with a partner but let's just deal with the circumstances as they are now Mm. and so I'm assessing okay realistically based on what I'm earning what I can save how long it would take me to do that and for me it's not worth it if Mm. I was to buy by myself right now I think I would buy outside of London and as Antoinette said you can always sell the house you're not stuck there <laughs> it's just yeah. somewhere to get your your first foot and your first leg in and I like the idea that you guys, you know, when you first got married you bought outside of London you had your little, I don't know, let's call it honeymoon period where you were just by yeah. yourself yeah. no one could just rock up to the door and be like, hey, we <laughs> are just <laughs> coming to visit <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> they really had to call beforehand and i'm with that as well like i think that's a great idea and then when you're thinking about having children like i would love for any children that i have to grow up in london because i want them to have that kind of tough i guess you you would say experience of growing up in the inner city yeah, i, I exactly. feel like yeah children that grow up in the suburbs okay yes cool life is nice and whatever not dealing with some of the stuff that we're dealing with here But that puts them at a disadvantage in the real world because the real world is more like the surroundings and the society and the characteristic of London. And I want any children that I have to be very street smart and very aware I cannot I don't want them to grow up very naive I went to a school outside of London and the realities of the people living there and the lifestyles that they live it was absolutely mad these people were riding horses on the weekend they had sem- yeah. like their rooms their houses were mansions I went inside them and I was just like what but at the end of the day I knew I was still going back to Catford do you understand what I'm saying so my mindset was very much that and that's how I've got through life and I one my children to have that kind of um experience that multicultural experience but also that experience that teaches you that life isn't easy because sometimes when you're outside in these places it can be a bit easy obviously you're going to face some stuff with like I don't know racial discrimination whatever but I mean to bring it back to property basically that's why I have that perspective of buying outside of London first Mm -hmm. and then thinking about moving um back into it but even at this age now I'm not even too pressed you know because I'm thinking what is it actually that london is offering me that um i cannot forge somewhere else i could easily now move to a city such as birmingham or manchester which is uh a which is comparable in a sense to London. It's not the same, but the costs are so far much less and you get more value for your money and you can still have, you know, good education. There's good transport, all those kinds of things now. So I think a lot of people, a lot of millennials probably, we're having to become a lot more flexible and really think about what is it that we love so much about this London? Because a lot of it is struggle.
0: Nice. Thank you, Tiles. I think there's some really good insights to consider and... I think it's kind of like you're allowing yourself a degree of flexibility um which can be useful because some people are really stuck on the I want to live near my mum but why what is it about it like yeah. and what are your yeah. alternatives
2: um that's what about you honey well when i bought my um first place i bought it in emfield which is zone 6 and um
0: can i ask how old you were or how, how post graduation i was
2: 20 Twenty five. Okay. No. How, wow, when was two thousand
3: and five? A long time ago. <laughs> when was two? When was two thousand and fifteen? Not long after leaving uni, then. Is that not fifteen years ago? years
0: ago. Two thousand five.
2: Six years ago. Did
3: you say? Yeah,
2: two thousand and okay. fifteen. Was six years ago. Yeah, six okay. years ago. 15. So how old am I? Thirty three. So I'm a liar. I was about twenty seven. And to be fair <laughs> with you, like my dad just forced me because he was like, "You have money now. You're a qualified lawyer. You need to get out of my house." He didn't physically want me to leave, but there was a lot of pressure on making sure that I wasn't just waste, wasting out my money in Topshop. Mm. So <laughs> I, I, I think because of that, I am I ended up living in Enfield and it was a nice place, but I had always wanted to live in Tottenham.
3: That's just mm. where I wanted to
2: live. So mm. in a way, it was good for me because I had a nice two bedroom flat and it, it everything was nice. But in the same breath, because I lived by myself I personally did feel quite isolated I think now that there's lockdown and things like that where you work from home and everything else is around home where you will live mm. I feel will be 10 times more important because if you're in a situation where you live in the suburbs like I lived in Enfield Island Village which as far as I'm concerned is a suburb because there's nothing popping there mm. the one <sighs> bus goes in the Enfield is far man Goes out, it's right? It's not
3: that bad. Nah, no, sorry. It
2: nothing, is... <laughs> no, but no, separately, but there's just nothing popping in that part of Enfield. So, like, for example, no I could live in Southgate, which is in Enfield, but there's so much more going on True. around there yeah. and Winchmore yeah. Hill. So then yeah. I think that's when it really started getting to me. When it was like the only place, I, the only thing I can walk to mm-hmm. is one Tesco Express mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. not even a post office or anything like that without walking half an hour to 45 minutes, then I began to realize that. Especially when you are a single person and you will have to spend more time in the area that you actually live in, where you live and the location is 10 times more important, especially when it's not 110% safe to go on public transport as well. Mm
3: Mm. so
2: that led to me basically remortgaging the place that i have once it was announced that there's going to be a stlt holiday looking at my savings remortgaging sorry sorry like, you
0: see this you see this i get lost <laughs> in <into> the jargon <laughs> no so
2: basically um there's a there is an stlt holiday which means that stlt rates up to a certain purchase price are reduced
3: you've got to expand on the stlt so stlt
2: mm. no i don't <laughs> S- know the S- SCLT <laughs> is stamp duty. Like I do. I'm a property lawyer. It's stamp duty land tax. It's a tax that everyone just... who purchases a property has to pay. Whether you purchase a residential com- mm-hmm. or a commercial property, you have to pay that tax. And there is a penalty if you already own a residential property mm-hmm. and you're buying a second residential property. You pay pi- You pay a higher rate. Now, mm-hmm. when um, Rishi Sunak, whatever his name is, mm-hmm. announced in July that he was going to reduce stamp duty land tax rates because he mm-hmm. wanted to encourage people to buy because just taking a step back a lot of people think about oh how much do i have for my deposit but one thing that is a killer, killer is mm-hmm. paying that stamp duty for land the extras. tax. Yeah. and you have to have your money patterned because you need to pay that within 14 days mm-hmm. after paying your deposit and that is factored into your affordability And even Mm -hmm. on your mortgage application, they will ask you about how you plan to pay it. So when my man reduced the stamp duty land tax rate, I took advantage of the savings I already had. And the fact that I'd be able to buy somewhere, um, able to buy somewhere without having to pay the tax and went out to the market and found somewhere. And what I was able to do is to remortgage my initial flat, take some equity out of that and put that towards paying a deposit for my second place
3: so when I look
2: at it it didn't really cost me that much in savings because I already had my house which my flat which I was paying off Mm. and then I could remortgage it and take that money out and put it towards purchasing a new place and that kind of goes to the whole point that Antoinette was saying about buy somewhere first even if you don't like it Mm -hmm. because it will nine times out of 10 always accrue in value. And then you right. will be able to refinance it and possibly pull out that equity to invest it in something else. And that's but, exactly but also, what I did.
0: But also speaking to the quote that home right. ownership accrues wealth and wealth breeds opportunity. Yeah, I want to be rich. And I'm you were gonna... able to have that opportunity to buy a second home because of the first home that you had. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 100%.
2: Yeah. And um, like I kind of feel when, when people like say you're in such and such amount of debt. Yeah, I am. But you know what? I now have a second property which I'm going to live in, which is closer to home and closer to my family, is in the location I always wanted to live in. Okay, so that's now made me happy. But second of all, I have a property where someone is paying me to live there.
3: That's it. And that is paying
2: money towards my first, Mm
3: -hmm. that is now me diversifying my
2: income. Mm -hmm. So. This is, how, this is how we do it and this is how we build wealth. So for me... This is how we yeah. do it. <laughs> exactly. I should,
0: I should have let you go after me because that is a really nice story to help, but, to tell. I love that. Yeah. But I love um, that. I'm just going to share and I, I know we're getting to time. So Antoinette, I hope you're listening for like, nuggets, <laughs> for, like key things that people should take from our different lessons in property. Mm. But um, my story was really different and I, I don't feel like I'm the only person. But like I said, I reserved um buying a house and i don't actually know when i would have done it even though it was very much one of the things that i did want to do in this lifetime but my partner he's very much like my children can't just have my last name they need to have <laughs> legacy Dramatic. they need money they need mm. and property was a big thing in terms of priorities and short short story time i had um been on a bereavement left my job without um without I I handed my resignation without a job, and then I took a job because someone was like, oh, a consultant was like, don't let this place ruin your bag, at least just go and work somewhere else. So I took another job and it was a five grand, it was a 15 grand pay cut. And then in the background somewhere, we magically found the home that we live in now and like it was like what do you mean
2: magically listen
0: Mm. i can't go into that but really honestly we weren't looking providence then we were not looking had a phone call on the back of like some email list that we signed up to they were like come and see the property we came and saw it and we fell in love with Mm. it
3: um
0: we weren't necessarily ready 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 he says he was i don't think we were um and so it was like okay we can even with the 15 grand pay cut we can flex we're all right then 14 days later, after signing on the dotted line, I found out I was pregnant.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: so, so we're talking about, I, we doubled our outgoings, we took a pay cut and then we had a maternity leave. Mm. I've not missed a mortgage payment. Please no. So
3: <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, the univ for me, my, my sort of property journey is like the universe sort of, the cogs turned and we've managed to figure we managed to figure it out and it has meant, you know, a few cutbacks. But for me, I'm like I absolutely love my home. Mm-hmm. I was on the maternity leave in it and then we had the lockdown. But um I'm happy to make those sacrifices because for me it's like, yeah, okay, you might not see Versace on my waistline mm-hmm. or whatever. it's your belt, piece, isn't it. But my money yeah. is going into my home which goes into the legacy that we intend to leave for our children. Um, But I've definitely had to do a lot of learning along the way. And Antoinette, it would be great that, you know, if you signpost us towards your work, because things like hidden costs and, you know, playing the property game and knowing that it's a marathon and you're not just going to buy a house and be able to take money out. Um, I think there's so much valuable information that people can learn. Um, But I am mindful of the time. And I did just want to sort of invite you to kind of share an Antoinette, like listening to our different experiences, thinking about the scenario, what are some, and I know we've, we've barely touched the surface of this game, Mm. but this conversation, Mm. but you know, for anyone that is starting now or you looking back in terms of the lessons that you've learned since you started and now five properties on, um, What are some of the key gems that you think our listeners should take away with them?
1: First of all, I just want to say I really enjoyed each and every one of your stories. And there were (laughs) gems in all of them, Um, especially with, you know, considering to be, consider the flexibility, you know, as much as, you know, we want to cling on to where we were raised or where our family Mm -hmm families are and you know community those things are very important they are but i think in i think i may have said this before but you know it's 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 a ladder once you're on there it is literally one of those like the world is your oyster type of things as long as you know you're gonna you're gonna have your ups and downs in the economy you're gonna Mm -hmm. have indicators that do affect um the market but once you are i mean we've been in it for five going on six years and we've been able to buy our five properties because of the one property we bought way out in Kent, Sittingbourne, mm, you know, well, and that speaks for well, itself, yeah. you know, mm. that, that, was, that was way out. So I, I really, you know, considering the flexibility is important is important Mm -hmm. the process of you know buying outside to come back in you've got someone else that's paying your mortgage essentially Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. and the beauty about property is that it's all about demand and supply and people will always need somewhere to live always need somewhere to live so Mm -hmm. um Take that into consideration and in saying that do it as early as possible. Don't get scared about getting into hundreds and thousands of pounds worth of debt. I would say do it as, as early as possible and consider your consider what works for you. Have a plan and make sure that it fits to what you can do and speak to a professional get help speak to a solicitor speak to a broker speak to an advisor because they are all you know they have all the technical information but i would i would have done it as as i mean as soon as possible and when we first spoke about it i was not on it at all Mm. and tayo actually bought the first property by himself because i was like You like, nah. you buying... I was like, no, I'm not putting my money in this. I'm he was like, not today. today. Mm. Sorry, it can I so wow. just... A private question, but was this when you were married or before? No, before. So oh, we, we... Yeah, we, we knew what we wanted to do but it was like he was like oh let's reverse let's start buying property and i was like yeah 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 then he said sitting and, and i was like sorry where <laughs> i thought you were going to talk about you know like oh, you know Enfield or something or at yeah. least like you know bromley or somewhere i'm like where the hell is sitting i'm like no it's we're gonna lose money and it's from that mm. purchase that we were able to get closer to london
2: mm. you know
1: so you know and he and he did that from thorough research it wasn't just oh i want to buy a house let me see what i can afford oh what i can afford is out and sit and boom sit and boom, boom let me put my money into it it was doing research right move and zoopla i all oh, one of my favorite tools one of my favorite things to do is going on there what were the historic purchase and sold prices
3: Mm. that's where you're going to get
1: your gems from i this is one of my favorite things to do literally how much did that go for how much um how much did that go for 10 years ago how much is it on the market for today you know and seeing what other houses on the same road road has been have been bought and sold for one of the other things that i always say as well is you know buy the worst house on the best road if that road has value but the house is not up to par a nip and tuck here you're going to get the mm-hmm. house up to par and you're going to get value out of it you know mm-hmm. gems like that and you can do that outside of london you know if you you're buying in kent for uh, we we uh, Yeah, if you're buying in Kent for about 150, 200, Mm. it's gonna go up, buying a good road, you're gonna surprise yourself as to how much equity you're gonna be able to get out of it Mm. in two, three, four, five, six, seven years time. And you're not even gonna need to worry yourself about having to save to get to where you wanna be, which is why I said, you know, buy for where you wanna live first and let the money make itself, pull up the equity, what if it's time and if you're in the right posi- position to do so and then move up to where you want to go. You know, so, the property game, if you know how to do it properly, it is
0: a win. Right. So you've mentioned several times in the episode making sure you get the right help, seek the right advice.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, in the meantime, whilst people are looking for an appropriate um, mortgage broker, or, what, or whatever wherever they're getting their advice from where can they find you to to tap into some more of these t- tips yes.
1: you can find me on instagram so the handle is bricks with tips and that's bricks with a z and tips with a z um we are also on twitter same handle bricks with tips and youtube as well bricks with tips and we also have a website where we give um because my husband is a um, mortgage advisor ex-mortgage advisor so we've got a website where we do one-to-ones i do a few one-to-ones um um with like trying to help people to save to get their to to get their deposit trying to to get them to understand what they need to do to get up there, um. So yeah, all of our website handles are bricks with tips with a Z. Nice, and we'll be
0: sure to share. I am. I feel Thank so you. rude and out of order <laughs> to cut this conversation, but we're, we're at this I said. It. I said at the beginning. I feel like there's going to be several components, but equally. If we are driving traffic to your mm-hmm. Instagram page, your social media, and this is something that our, working, our Black women working are interested in, and like I said, in evolving, developing, improving our financial literacy and leaving a financial legacy so the work mm-hmm. that we are doing is worth it, then so be it. We'll have part two next season, or you guys go head over to Bricks and Tips and, and catch your mm-hmm. financial property uh, I don't I, I. don't want to use the word advice because I know that that has connotations, but mm-hmm. tips. <laughs> um, and so with that, I, I have to close the episode. I'm sorry, mm. ladies.
3: <laughs> no, it's good. And um, okay. I, 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 this was a really good episode. And it, it's crazy because the time has gone so fast. But I like what Chantel has just said, you know, as... The black women working podcast um a lot of the times are always just to facilitate leading people in the right direction especially the black women that are listening and want to kind of level up and mm-hmm. so i love that sometimes it's not always us giving advice but we're acting as conduits to lead people yeah. to the places mm-hmm. where they will get the relevant and you know timely information so yes, yes you're more than welcome to come back and and Turn, like turn it up some more because there's so much <laughs> more like that can be got into and it's a really hot topic as well.
1: Definitely. Sure, ladies, if you want me back, I will come back. <laughs> yeah.
3: Thank you. Back. Imagine, imagine
0: your first time we brought If you want, you want me back, I come, come back. And now <laughs> you're back. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Um, Nats, did you have anything you wanted to share before I close
2: and say goodbye? No, I'm good. Just to say thank you again for the advice. I feel like the more people know about how easy it can be or what the process is, is the more we're helping Black women build generational wealth. So mm-hmm. this yeah, is it. Yeah, thank you for your work.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: This
1: is Thank it. you, thank you, guys. I've loved it.
0: You're welcome. Well, thank you, and and thank you for everyone who is listening. And as always, you know what we say please tell a friend to tell a friend to tell a friend to help us get the word out and to grow the platform which is much greater than just this podcast in terms of how we want to see black women living their lives remember you can always keep the conversation going on social media using our hashtag bwwpodcastuk and adding us with the same handle bwwpodcastuk on twitter and instagram you can get at us via email or dms Go head over to our website, sign up for our newsletter, and our email is blackwomenworkinguk at gmail.com. I've had a great time, as always, and I hope you have too. And until next
3: time, ciao. Adios. Bye. (laughs) Bye. Bye. Bye.